All right, this is Dana McClendon. I'm back with another episode of Ready for Trial. My guest today is Judge Sharon Guffey. Uh, Judge Guffey is the juvenile court judge in Williamson County, Tennessee. Welcome. Thank you. Great. Um, so I uh, usually just start with a background. You uh, grew up in South Carolina? Yes. Outside Greenville? Yes, I did. All right. And then went to the University of South Carolina, where, among other things, you helped start the women's swim team. Student athlete. Yes, sir. All right. And uh, a lot of dedication, a lot of hours in the pool, I guess. Quite a few. All right. Um, graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing. And did you uh, make use of that d- degree as a nurse? I, I actually did. I worked in open-heart surgery when they first started doing open-heart surgery. All right. At some point in the, what, 80s, moved to Williamson County with your uh, with your then-husband? I did. We moved into Cottonwood, a growing, prospering community in Grassland. All right. So you've been in Williamson County, what does that mean, like uh, 40-something almost, years? Almost 40 years. Almost 40 years. And at some point... Uh, got interested in the law, went to law school, and graduated in 97. Correct. And what did you do when you got out of law school? Immediately, well, first I interned in the district attorney's office with Joe Ball um, while I was Who in has law been school. a guest on the, on the podcast? Is that right? He One has, of my favorite that's right. people. He hired me, and so I became an assistant district attorney in 1997, as soon as I passed the bar in October after graduating, and worked there for six years. Started, uh, you among other things, you did, uh, you prosecuted crimes against children. A lot of crimes against children. All right. And um, somewhere in there... Started also sitting as a special magistrate or part-time magistrate in juvenile court? That was after I left the DA's office and was in private practice. In 2004, Judges Hoover and Nations um, appointed me as a part-time child support magistrate. Okay. And uh, that, um, at the same time, you were practicing family law, criminal defense, just general trial practice. Um, And then... Uh, became the full-time magistrate when? Or full-time referee? It it was referee then. Referee, okay. 2007 when uh, Judge Beal was elected to circuit court judge. Okay, so you followed him to full-time. Yes. All right. And then, so you've been been a full-time judge since 2007. Correct. And then became um, the... Were you first elected in, what, uh, 12? I was elected in 14. 14. That was after the county created a private act juvenile court. Okay, so the the administrative and and funding shuffling created a full-time job for which you had to run. Correct. It ran in 2014. So you've been at juvenile court as the full-time judge for, what is that, 15 years now? 2007. Wow. Doesn't seem like that long. Time flies. (laughs) All right. Um, Let's cover quickly, what does a juvenile court judge do? I'm I'm out there a lot. So some of the things that the juvenile court judge does are things the the layman probably expects. you You handle children who are charged with doing things they shouldn't have done, whether that's skip school, smoke weed, steal, run away from home, any of those things. Delinquent and status offenses is what we call them. Right. Okay. So if your kid gets in trouble, they might very well wind up in juvenile court. Yes. All right. So that's, but that's only part of it because you also have jurisdiction over things like children born out of wedlock. So if mom and dad were never married, you can have a custody case that never goes away. 
until they're 18. Right. Yes. All right. So it could be anything from establishing paternity to custody to child support to visitation, all things parenting plan for those children born out of wedlock. All right. So any so the things that people who get divorced and have custody fights, the, the things that they're familiar with can also happen in juvenile court for parents that were never married. Yes. All right. Uh, also child support independent of custody issues. Yes. Also, what we call dependent and neglect petitions, where someone has observed a child who, for some reason, needs some services or additional supervision or somebody to come in and rescue them from whatever's going on. Suffering from abuse or neglect. At their home, generally at their home. And these are usually filed by teachers, grandparents, neighbors. Department of Children's Services. DCS, who's been put on the case by teachers, grandparents, neighbors. Yes. So a lot of those are, they're called dependent and neglect petitions. And that's basically getting a child into the court for the sake of protecting protecting them, getting them in, getting their environment rehabilitated or getting them in a different environment. And, and that is a big part of what we do that people do not realize because we have the oversight of all the children in foster care. Right. And, uh, and it, it is the most, some of the most important work that we do. And we'll, it's difficult. Yeah, we'll come back to that. One other big category, which is sort of a corollary to the dependent and neglect stuff, is termination of parental rights. Um, yes. When somebody cannot be rehabilitated as a parent, at some point, sometimes people end up with what's called a termination of parental rights. Yes. So you can, in juvenile court, you can literally show up and say, hey, I'm that child's father. I'd like to be involved. All the way to the court can say, you are being you are being fired <laughs> permanently as parents, so yes. to speak. That's And everything in between. Yes. All right. So... Um, it, what, did I miss any of the major categories of services that y'all do? That's the majority. All right. And um, so, obviously, these are difficult, right? I mean, you're you're out there sort of in social service land, sort of in juvenile crime, uh, sort of in, uh, not sort of, but I mean, you're in, what you're doing out there is trying to look after kids, whatever it takes. There, there is a there's a component of public safety that's involved when you have delinquent offenses that are serious. There's a component of rehabilitation that's involved in everything that we do, even with the child welfare cases and helping parents with substance abuse. There, there are it 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 spreads over every possible social services um, connection that there that there is. And, and so it, it has gotten to the place where we've actually divided up into specialized teams in order to address all of it. And as the county grows, so does the workload. So does the number of children and families in distress or in need of service or, or in need of a courtroom to go to to get whatever straightened out. Yes. So um, on any given day, what is, a, what is a day for Judge Guffey look like? But I have assistance to help me. I have magistrates that also hear right. cases as well. You got Magistrate well. Cabell. And, and Magistrate and Judge Franks. Judge Franks. Uh, yes. Um, and, and so... Who was here when we all got here. That's right. Um, who knows more than all of us. So we will typically start our day with any detention hearings for children that may have been held. So in Williamson County, if a kid gets picked up by the police, they're held until the next, generally the next day. Only, next if, day. only if necessary, right. because these uh, 
based on new law and juvenile justice reform, we hold very few children. Um, there's, it's really um, the more serious offenses where a child is a danger to the community or perhaps a danger to himself. Or where the parents or some responsible adult can't be or won't be bothered. Exactly. Okay. So from there, we would go into our dockets, which um, could be our civil dockets or our delinquent dockets, and they're divided up on certain days. But there is court in juvenile court every single day, all day long. Yeah, generally with two courtrooms at least. Running. Two courtrooms. We need four right this minute. <laughs> so um, legislative funding and, and other lobbying efforts, I assume. Well, we're working on it. We've been working on a new space for quite some time. Right. Because right now you're sort of stuck at the jail slash uh, alternative learning center. Not the best place for children. Right. Um, all right. So... It goes without saying, I think, but it's worth mentioning that some number of the people that are in front of you are very unhappy about being there and feel terribly uh, aggrieved at the audacity that they would have to be there. Is that is that fair? That's fair. And I think that, you know, anytime you're in a lawsuit or you're involved in a court proceeding, everybody's not going to be happy. Right. But there's something about my experience, there's something about telling a parent that they've failed that puts them in a different mindset than like, okay, you, as a grown-up, you got caught stealing or, you know, you, you, you've been brought to court because you were speeding or something. There's something about taking a child or, or observing that a child has done something wrong or needs some help and maybe even needs to be separated from their parent for a little while that sort of raises the level of acrimony and resistance to participation. We, we generally do not tell parents that they have failed. That's not in my... Well, that's not your word. That's mine. Uh, yes. But that's how that's, it feels. I say that because I'm the, I'm the one out there with the parents. It's emotional. And their reaction is frequently as though they had been told you yes. have failed as a parent. Yes. When, when that's not necessarily the so, case. So here's what I tell people. Our department is one of the few places where when you call us, you're going to get a real-life person. And, and there's a reason for that, and it's based on what you just said. It's because when something happens to your child, you don't want a prompt that gives you a directory. Right. You want to talk to a real person. Right. And, and that's what you're going to get. And that real person is going to connect you with someone that's going to walk you through the entire court process. We have almost 50 people full-time employees in juvenile court now. How many, at any given time, how many cases are open? Thousands. And some of those are, some of those are, you're seeing them often, and some of them are more like, we're checking up on you next year. The, the good news is that we won't see 90 plus percent of the cases that, that we see one time. They will never come back. So that's the good part. So you spend a great deal of time with the ten percent that can't seem to either that, that might that might need some more help. Right. <laughs> Something's happening and they're not quite back where they or, or you haven't quite gotten them where you want to be. Because right. the the whole apparatus is designed to rehabilitate and protect and 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 provide opportunities that kind of thing. It's not like when you if you're an adult and you wind up in in juvenile in general sessions court because you stole something, I mean 
you might get probation. It might get resolved in a way you don't have a record. But in juvenile court, you begin with that, right? You start with, let's get this fixed. Let's, yeah. let's, let's figure, help you. Let's help you. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's all kinds of programs out there where you're, you're, you're having kids do, for example, what? What kind of services can you recommend or order? Well, so we do a lot of public service work for our first offenders. Um, but we do have um, an intensive probation department for those children and families that might need some more support. And I will tell you that this department has, has a 91 to 94% success rate of keeping children in their homes and not placing them in the custody of the how department. That, you may not know, but how does that compare to other counties that... that... It, 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 is, it, it exceeds everything that anyone else is doing in the 95 counties across the state to the extent that they are looking at our model to push out to some other counties. All right. So if I understand what you're saying, you're doing so well not having kids taken or kept in custody. And that could that custody could be jail-like or it could be foster home. Uh, but your your programs are working so well that you're not having more than 10% of these kids taken or kept in some form of custody. We've reduced the number of delinquent children in DCS custody in Williamson County by almost 30% in the last seven years. How? By keeping children in their home and making families healthier by the interventions that we help them with. So uh, a family that comes in with some, let's say a garden variety dependent on neglect petition that could be driven by economics, it could be driven by substance abuse, it could be driven by job dislocation, it could be driven by mental health issues. What kind of services are you able to offer or order the reluctant <laughs> or offer the willing that are helping you drive down this this uh, this custody um, rate? So so I want to be clear, the, the, the delinquent piece we've reduced by 30%. Okay. In the child welfare cases, those those children that could be in foster care, we've reduced those by 80% in the last 24 months. We've reduced the number of children in foster care by, here's what we've been doing, partnering closely with DCS. We have a, a specialized team within our department that assists DCS because DCS has a you know, they have an influx. They have kind of a turnover. Our people are always here. And so we assist with the child and family team meetings, with helping get services set up for substance abuse and mental health and all of those things that you just mentioned that, that tear families apart and make families unhealthy and put children at risk. And so by doing that, by partnering with them and by having really careful oversight. In other words, you're coming to court and I'm going to check and see how you're doing regularly. We've been able to reduce the number of kids in DCS foster care. Wow. So, uh, all right. Well, that sounds like a success story. So are you, are you being like called out onto the uh, speaking circuit to, to tell the other judges around the, around the state, what's, how, what you're doing that they might learn something from? Well, I am actively involved in our council and um, uh, on the legislative committee and do lots of things with, I'm on the governor's um, council for the uh, JJ reform implementation. So I, I am involved actively in, in doing all those things. But you don't hear a lot about us because we're a confidential court by law. Right. And so we're not going to talk about our cases. We're right. not going to breach our children's privacy. 
Um, but, but here's what I tell people. If you ever have any concerns or questions about what we're doing in juvenile court, I am happy. We are always happy to tell you what we're doing. We're going to invite you out. <laughs> right. We're going to give you a do you tour. Still have the, do you still have the kids come through on tours? We do. Yeah, I remember when my sons were younger, I had one of them. I think I had my older son put that in was, a cell. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> um, okay, so um, uh, for better or worse... Uh, your position is one that requires that you uh, get elected. And in this cycle, you have an opponent. Yes. Um, full disclosure, um, I know your opponent. I've known your opponent for a long time. Um, full disclosure, I have your sign in my front yard. So, no, no, so well, you know, I have to practice there. Um, so, w- give me your, give me your uh, campaign stump speech. <laughs> so, here's what I will tell you. I think that the voters in Williamson County need to have good information, and they need to know what the contrast is between myself and my opponent. And so what I will tell you is just what I've been saying, is the great things that we're doing in juvenile court and the experience that I've brought, uh, that I bring to this position um, that that really no one else has. Um, it, It... Here's, here's what I would say. I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm also going to tell you that if you receive information that you have concerns about that may or may not be factual, I want you to call me, and I'm going to give you my cell phone. It's 615-504-3303. Because while I'm not going to talk about our cases and our children, I am going to tell you the truth. Right, so you've got... So I did an, uh, an interview with a, a candidate for a judicial office in Nashville a few days ago, and running for judge is very different than running for almost anything else, it maybe is. everything else, it is. because the rules that apply to candidates for, ju- for judicial office almost literally make it so all you can say is that you're for clean air and water, right? Like you can't talk about, you can't forecast how you would rule on a given topic, for example, like right. I'll just make one up. You you couldn't say, oh, well, if given the chance to rule on masks in schools, my ruling would be this. You can't right. do that. Right. Um, you also, as a judicial candidate, and in particular in juvenile court, you can't say, oh, well, I'm going to address this allegation made by the opponent uh, about this specific case, right? That's correct. Now, I'm, that's got to be that, that's got to make you chafe a bit, right? I mean, it would me. I, I, so your your opponent is out there sending out mailers and saying things that, um, well, in some cases, I personally know to be false. But as a candidate, all you can talk about is what you are doing, generally the programs and so forth, and then observe that generally some of the things coming out of the opponent are not true. Well, and I think that the people in Williamson County deserve someone that is going to be truthful and and is going to be honest with them. And and that's important. That's right. important in a in a judge and it's important in a judicial candidate. Right. And that well that's part of the reason I sort of started with, you know, the most heartbreaking cases sometimes are in juvenile court. You, you don't you don't get you don't get to win them all in the sense that you don't get to save everyone or make everyone's life better. Sometimes bad bad things happen and there's just sometimes children are not safe in their homes and it's not a popular subject 
and um, and it, and again, it's it's confidential, and we can't talk about it. But um, but that's the reality, and that's what we do. And we're going to protect everyone's constitutional rights, and we're going to help every parent try to get healthy and try to get the help they need. Um, but sometimes our stories are sad. But but here, let me tell you some good things. We we recently had an event um, for my reelection last week, and and I had several of our former foster parents that came to this event that I had not seen in. One of them in 12 years came with her adopted daughter. And that's when you know that what you're doing makes a difference. Right. I mean, it, it, it's important. It's, in, it's very, very important work. And you've got to have someone that's steady and experienced and knowledgeable with this whole system doing the job. Yeah. And it's easy to throw out platitudes or tell horror stories, especially if you're willing to tell false horror stories, and suggest that the system is broken or corrupt or whatever. Is there anything you want to anything you want to add to that? We have we have the best possible staff that 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 there is. Our our staff are totally passionately dedicated to taking care of kids, and and I, I mean I just can't tell you they're not doing it for the money. No. They're, they're doing it because they're dedicated to keeping children safe. Yeah, it it it's got to be tough to have these allegations not only made against you but against the people, everyone that's out there working so hard to try to make better outcomes. Yes. Okay. Um, is there a website people can go to 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 get some of this there additional is. information or make a contribution or get a yard sign? Uh, Aside from the cell phone that you gave. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call Sharon. You can call <laughs> and, me if you want to you sign. Can, yeah, but you can call for a sign, but you can't give her a check. That's no, not the that's way that's right. Rules. You can't do that. The, the, um, the rules require that you give the any contributions you may want to make to Brandy Blanton, uh, who is the treasurer. The, the, for better or worse, the rules of judicial elections somewhat, I don't know. Prohibit. Well, yeah, it, it's sort of silly. I mean, like... Whatever. Uh, the, the rules are what they are, but if you want to make a contribution, track down Brandy Blanton. She's not hard to find. Well, and we do have a website. It's uh, reelectjudgeguffey.com. Okay. Um, anything else you want to add? I'm just happy to be a part of this county and doing the job that I'm doing. I love it. So early voting is? Wednesday. Starts Wednesday. Starts Wednesday. Okay. At, at any rec center. All right. From 9 to 6, Monday through Friday, closed on Good Friday, Saturdays 9 to 1, and, of course, at the Election Commission on Downs Boulevard and at the Brentwood Concord Road Library. Okay. And um, and then, so early voting from May 13th to 20th? April 13th to April 28th. All right. And then five days off, no voting, and then Election Day, May 3rd. A Republican primary, May 3rd. And so the... People that are wanting to support you need to need to go and find go through all those electronic pages and make sure that they find the juvenile court election, and that's a Republican primary. Republican primary. All right. So if you're voting in the Democratic primary, there won't be a juvenile judge race. Correct. Because you and the opponent are at, both so Republican. Both running in the Republican primary. Okay. All right. May. So April thirteenth, early voting for fifteen days. Until April 28th. Right. And then Election Day, May 3rd. Um, and uh, if you want, go to reelect 
judgeguffy.com. Very good. Thank you for coming. Thank you. My pleasure.